welcome back. This is Sam. And this is Corrine, and we are two Octocs. This week's episode, we will be focusing on the diagnosis and treatment of rectal cancer. We'll go over the important details on the diagnosis, staging, and treatment of both locally advanced as well as a little bit of metastatic rectal cancer. One important thing to note is that colorectal cancer is the second leading cause of cancer death in the U.S., but thankfully, the incidence and mortality has been on a steady decline. Yes, thankfully. And so I know that when I started fellowship, I didn't really know that there was much of a difference in the treatment of rectal and colon cancer, but that became apparent uh, as I went through fellowship. So how is rectal cancer different from colon cancer? Yeah, so I agree. I, I thought colorectal was lumped together, but they are very different diseases, even though they're technically within the same quote unquote organ, it really is a different organ in itself. So for starters, the difference for rectal versus colon is the location. The rectum is the last 12 centimeters of the large intestine. This is also described as lying below a virtual line of the sacral promontory to the upper edge of the symphysis on an MRI, and it ends at the superior border of the functional anal canal. So we rely heavily on our radiology colleagues to tell us where the rectum is and the anatomic location of the tumor within the rectum. The rectum doesn't have the same serosa or that outer lining as the colon, so it is easier for tumor cells to break through and spread locally. Given this, rectal cancer has about 20% risk of local recurrence, and that is vastly different than the 2% risk seen in colon cancers. So local recurrence of rectal cancer is what we're trying to prevent because it does have a poor prognosis if it happens. And this is my mini PSA to remind everybody that colorectal cancer screening saves lives. Get everyone in for their colonoscopies so we can catch and prevent these diseases early. Absolutely. And so what is the workup needed for rectal cancer? So the workup at its most basics is what I said, colonoscopy. This is to identify the lesion and biopsy the lesion. Once we have that biopsy, we need to send the path for mismatch repair and MSI testing similar to colon cancer. So everyone gets screened for Lynch syndrome because it does vastly change our treatment options. We need pre-treatment rectal ultrasound as well as a pelvic MRI, again, looking at the anatomy of this tumor. Where is it and how deep is it evading through that mucosa? We need a CT chest and abdomen to complete our staging, and this is looking for metastatic disease. And prior to starting treatment, we need to talk about fertility preservation in our eligible patients. Yes, if fertility preservation is an option, that's probably always the right answer. Uh, so Agreed. We that. And, and so is the staging similar to colon cancer staging? It is. The TNM staging for rectal cancer is the same as colon cancer. And so if you guys remember back to our colon cancer episodes, the T is not the tumor size, but rather the depth of invasion of that tumor. Is it trying to escape the rectum? So T3 is when the tumor invades through the muscularis propria, and that is a stage 2A in rectal cancer. T4 is a stage 2B and C if it invades through the muscularis propria, it's a B, or if it even adheres to adjacent organs, that is a uh, stage 2C. If there is any lymph node involvement, it's automatically a stage 3, similar to colon cancer, as well as every other cancer or many other cancers that we talk about. Yes, definitely. Most cancers, stage three is when lymph node involvement. However, there's obviously some exceptions to that rule, in which case it's stage four. And so what is the treatment for early stage rectal adenocarcinoma? 
So early stage, so if we have a small T1N0, you can consider transanal excision. And what we look at in that pathology in those select individuals, if there's any high-risk features, again, similar to colon cancer, so this is positive margins, lymphovascular invasion, being poorly differentiated pathology, or submucosal invasion to the lower third of that level, we need to move forward with more surgery, so transabdominal resection. In T1, T2, but no lymph node involvement, we talk about transabdominal resection, and then we follow this with surveillance. Yeah, although this is more of a surgical question, we did have a question on what the indications for transanal versus transabdominal resection are, so make sure you know those. And so what are the treatment options for local regional rectal cancer, which are the stage three and stage two and three rectal cancers? So this is going to be the bulk of what we talk about. So stage two and stage three, again, this is either T1, T2 and lymph node involvement, or a T3 or a T4 with or without lymph node involvement. The treatment is sequenced multimodality treatment, and this is where things are vastly different than colon cancer. This is a very complex topic to tackle, but in general, we are talking about total neoadjuvant therapy, and that is the, the new lay of the land and the right answer for rectal cancer treatment. So neoadjuvant is talking about chemoradiation as well as chemotherapy prior to surgery. Neoadjuvant chemoradiation has been shown to be more effective than adjuvant radiation based on a New England Journal of Medicine article published back in 2004, and it showed that neoadjuvant or upfront chemoradiation led to more downstaging, improved local control, less acute side effects, because when you're doing the radiation, you're targeting the tumor as opposed to where the tumor was where small bowel can pop down in. There's decreased risk of local relapse, and there's more sphincter preservation. So we move that chemoradiation up front prior to surgery. We are talking in the total neoadjuvant setting of long-course chemoradiation or short-course radiation, give a patient a break, followed by chemotherapy. This is KPOX or Fulfox, so a 5-FU backbone with oxaliplatin. And sometimes we talk about fulfirinox, so adding in the arenatecan. We add in the arenatecan if the tumor is a T4 or if there's node positivity, so that higher risk. And our goal is to reverse, um, is to downstage these patients. So once we get through chemo and chemo radiation, we get restaging scans, and then we talk about surgical resection for these tumors. Definitely. Yeah. TNT became a very hot topic when we were in fellowship, also known as total neoadjuvant therapy. And so what were the trials that showed that TNT has benefit? There are two that we're going to go over, and they were two large phase three trials. The first one is the Rapido trial. And what they looked at is they compared short course radiation without chemo, followed by KPOX or Fulfox for 18 weeks, then surgery. They compared it to the control arm, which was long course chemo radiation followed by surgery and optional adjuvant chemo on the back end. What the results showed is that there was a doubling of complete path response rates and lower local regional failure with short course radiation followed by neoadjuvant chemotherapy before surgery, thus moving everything up front and then patients go to surgery last. The second trial that we'll talk about briefly is the Protege 23 trial. This compared neoadjuvant fulfirinox, so adding in the arenatecan, and chemoradiation prior to surgery, compared it to the standard approach, which was neoadjuvant chemoradiation alone, followed by surgery. 
Both arms followed surgery by some adjuvant Fulfox. The duration of the adjuvant chemotherapy was shorter for the group that received some chemotherapy up front, but they did get some. What the results showed is that the disease-free survival was better in the group that received neoadjuvant chemo compared to the standard treatment arm, again, thus pushing chemo and chemo radiation up front prior to surgery. Absolutely. And so are there any other upcoming trials that are evaluating TNT? There are. So coming this week is the prospect trial. And so this will be presented at ASCO 2023. And this is a phase three trial looking at neoadjuvant chemoradiation versus neoadjuvant full Fox chemotherapy with selective use of chemoradiation followed by surgery. So we are all anticipating um, what these results will show and we'll probably cover it in an upcoming episode. Yes, very exciting. And so any other things to note in the treatment of rectal cancer? Yep. So it is not established whether it is better to start with chemotherapy followed by chemo radiation or short course radiation or vice versa, starting with the chemo radiation or short course radiation, then chemotherapy. So truly it's dealer's choice. It's a conversation that we have at our tumor boards, which comes first. But the overall message is that you should be doing the chemo radiation or short course radiation and the chemotherapy before surgery. Historical data has also shown that 5-FU-based chemo with radiation is more effective than radiation alone. This is that long-course radiation. If you're doing long-course, you should add that 5-FU to it. What the trial showed is that there was a higher pathologic complete response and decreased risk of local relapse. Again, what our goal is for rectal cancer. There's also data showing that infusional 5-FU or capecitabine is superior to bolus 5-FU. And so I think this is truly standard um, across many GI cancers. We hardly give the bolus 5-FU anymore. It's infusional or capecitabine. One thing to remember is that we do not add oxaliplatin to the radiation component in rectal cancers. Oxaliplatin adds more toxicity, but it does not add more benefit. So it is only 5-FU, whether it's infusional or the pill capecitabine. Some studies have shown that short-course preoperative radiation has increased risk for postoperative hospitalizations from bowel obstructions or other GI complications, and long-term follow-up of the RAPIDO trial did actually report increased risk of local regional disease progression at five years for the short-course radiation group. So I don't think short-course radiation, it's not a wrong answer. It's just a conversation that we have between tumor boards to decide, are they going to do short-course radiation in five days or long-course chemo radiation? Both are fair game, and it's a conversation that we have daily. Absolutely. And thankfully, we have our GI multidisciplinary tumor boards um, to address these things. Um, and so what about locally advanced deficient MMR or MSI high uh, or microsatellite instability tumors? How are those treated? This was the hottest topic of 2022, I think. Um, so there was a trial that splashed all the big news headlines. It was a phase two trial published in the New England Journal of Medicine in 2022. And what it looked at is 12 patients who all had deficiency in mismatch repair or MSI high rectal cancers. They were treated with checkpoint inhibition and all of them had complete response. So their tumors did disappear. Our current recommendations now, if for stage two or three deficient mismatch repair or MSI high rectal cancers, is treating with immunotherapy for six months. And so this can be nivolumab, pembrolizumab, or this trial looked at dose 
dosarlamab. Sorry, guys, um, dosarlamab. And so if there's a complete response at that six-month mark, we observe. They don't need to move forward with radiation or surgery. If there is persistent disease at that six-month mark, we move forward with chemoradiation or short-course radiation followed by surgery. Yes, this was absolutely all over the news, and there were so many headlines on this exciting development. And so finally, how do we treat metastatic rectal cancer? So metastatic rectal cancer, we do treat just like colon cancer. So this is where the roads collide again. Cornerstone is what we need to be doing is sending for next generation sequencing, checking for targetable mutations that could change our management, looking for RAS, BRAF, HER2, mismatch repair, MSI status to guide our therapies. Similar to colon cancer, if there is liver or lung-only metastatic disease, we do have discussions of potential resection and potential cure even in the stage four setting. Chemotherapy options are similar slash the same to metastatic colon cancer. So 5-FU backbone chemotherapy, whether that is full FOX with oxaliplatin, KPOX, so oral 5-FU with oxaliplatin. If someone becomes resistant to that, we keep the 5-FU backbone and we add on arinotecan, so full theory. In later lines, we do have regorafenib and we have Lonserp with or without bevacizumab. We also talk about adding targeted therapies to our chemotherapy backbone, and that can be using FEGF inhibition, so bevacizumab, avaflivercept, or ramacirumab. We also talk about adding EGFR inhibition to our chemotherapy backbones with cetuximab or panitumumab. If the tumor is BRAF B600E mutated, we're talking about that beacon trial, so encarafenib with cetuximab or panitumumab. If the tumor is HER2 amplified, we're talking about trastuzumab with pertuzumab, or we can talk about trastuzumab drugstecan. If you do find that diamond in the rough of of mismatch repair deficient or MSI high, we're talking about checkpoint inhibition. Absolutely. And so, Sam, that was a great overview. What are our key takeaways? Our key takeaways, I think, first and foremost, realizing that rectal cancer is different than colon cancer, and we are trying to prevent um, local relapse in the rectal cancer setting because it can be devastating if it happens. Our workup needs to include pre-treatment rectal ultrasound as well as a pelvic MRI, again, looking at that anatomy, looking for that staging. In early stage rectal cancer, so T1-2, no lymph node involvement, we're talking about surgery alone, transanal or transabdominal resection. When we're thinking about more locally advanced, so this is when we have T1 or 2 with lymph node involvement or any T3, any T4 with or without lymph node involvement, we're talking that multimodality treatment. So total neoadjuvant treatment, that's going to utilize chemoradiation or short course radiation, followed by or preceding chemotherapy, KPOX or Fulfox, is our standard treatment for all stage two, three rectal cancers prior to going to surgery. One caveat to remember is that short course radiation for five days is non-inferior to long course chemoradiation, but there are differing risks and this should be discussed case by case. For stage two or three rectal cancers that are deficient in mismatch repair or MSI high, we talk about immunotherapy, checkpoint inhibition for six months. If there's complete response, we start surveillance. If there is not, if there's still residual disease, we go through that TNT course. In the metastatic setting, we treat like colon cancer. So you're checking for all the markers, MSI, MMR, RAS, BRAF, HER2 status. You're thinking of a 5-FU backbone for chemotherapy, whether it's full FOX, KPOX, you're talking about full theory, and in the later line setting, ragorafenib or Lonserf with or without bevacizumab. 
Absolutely. Well, thank you, Sam. As always, thank you for listening. Good luck with studying. Please feel free to reach out to us with corrections or comments on our Instagram or Twitter to Ankh Docs. And we look forward to releasing some ASCO 23 updates in the coming weeks. Yeah. Happy ASCO week, everyone. Mm-hmm.